This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Want to be a more effective communicator? Learn how generational science can equip you to speak across generations in a way you can be heard well. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings, chapter 17, verses 24 through 41. The king of Assyria populates Israel with foreigners. The king of Assyria brought foreigners from Babylon, Kuta, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvarim, and settled them in the cities of Samaria in place of the Israelites. They took possession of Samaria and lived in its cities. When they first moved in, they did not worship the Lord. So the Lord sent lions among them, and the lions were killing them. The king of Assyria was told, The nations whom you deported and settled in the cities of Samaria do not know the requirements of the God of the land. So he has sent lions among them. They are killing the people because they do not know the requirements of the God of the land. So the king of Assyria ordered, Take back one of the priests whom you deported from there. He must settle there and teach them the requirements of the God of the land. So one of the priests whom they had deported from Samaria went back and settled in Bethel. He taught them how to worship the Lord. But each of these nations made its own gods and put them in the shrines on the high places that the people of Samaria had made. Each nation did this in the cities where they lived. The people from Babylon made Succoth Benoth. The people from Cuth made Nergal. The people from Hamath made Ashima. The Avites made Zibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharites burned their sons in the fire as an offering to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sepharium. At the same time, they worshipped the Lord. They appointed some of their own people to serve as priests in the shrines on the high places. They were worshipping the Lord and at the same time serving their own gods in accordance with the practices of the nations from which they had been deported. To this very day, they observe their earlier practices. They do not worship the Lord. They do not obey the rules, regulations, law, and commandments that the Lord gave the descendants of Jacob, whom he renamed Israel. The Lord made a covenant with them and instructed them 
You must not worship other gods. Do not bow down to them, serve them, or offer sacrifices to them. Instead, you must worship the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt by his great power and military ability. Bow down to him and offer sacrifices to him. You must carefully obey at all times the rules, regulations, law, and commandments he wrote down for you. You must not worship other gods. You must never forget the covenant I made with you, and you must not worship other gods. Instead, you must worship the Lord your God. Then he will rescue you from the power of all your enemies. But they paid no attention. Instead, they observed their earlier practices. These nations were worshiping the Lord and at the same time serving their idols. Their sons and grandsons are doing just as their fathers have done to this very day. Isaiah chapter 1 through chapter 2. Here is the message about Judah and Jerusalem that was revealed to Isaiah, son of Amoz, during the time when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah reigned over Judah. Obedience, not sacrifice. Listen, O heavens, pay attention, O earth, for the Lord speaks. I raised children, I brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. An ox recognizes its owner. A donkey recognizes where its owner puts its food, but Israel does not recognize me. My people do not understand. Beware, sinful nation, the people weighed down by evil deeds. They are offspring who do wrong, children who do wicked things. They have abandoned the Lord and rejected the Holy One of Israel. They are alienated from Him. Why do you insist on being battered? Why do you continue to rebel? Your head has a massive wound. Your whole heart is sick. From the soles of your feet to your head, there is no spot that is unharmed. There are only bruises, cuts, and open wounds. They have not been cleansed or bandaged, nor have they been treated with olive oil. Your land is devastated. Your cities burned with fire. Right before your eyes, your crops are being destroyed by foreign invaders. They leave behind devastation and destruction. Daughter Zion is left isolated, like a hut in a vineyard or a shelter in a cucumber field. She is a besieged city. If the Lord of Heaven's armies had not left us a few survivors, we would have quickly been like Sodom. We would have become like Gomorrah. Listen to the Lord's message. You leaders of Sodom, pay attention to our God's rebuke, people of Gomorrah. Of what importance to me are your many sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had my fill of burnt sacrifices, of rams and the fat from steers, the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. I do not want. When you enter my presence, do you actually think I want this? Animals trampling on my courtyards? Do not bring any more meaningless offerings. I consider your incense detestable. You observe new moon festivals, Sabbaths, and convocations, but I cannot tolerate sin-stained celebrations. I hate your new moon festivals and assemblies. They are a burden that I am tired of carrying. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I look the other way. When you offer your many prayers, I do not listen, because your hands are covered with blood. Wash, cleanse yourselves, remove your sinful deeds from my sight. Stop sinning. Learn to do what is right. Promote justice. Give the oppressed reason to celebrate. Take up the cause of the orphan. Defend the rights of the widow. Come, let's consider your options, says the Lord. Though your sins have stained you like the color red, you can become white like snow. Though they are as easy to see as the color scarlet, you can become white like wool. If you have a willing attitude and obey, then you will again eat the good crops of the land.
But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Know for certain that the Lord has spoken, purifying judgment. How tragic that the once faithful city has become a prostitute. She was once a center of justice. Fairness resided in her, but now only murderers. Your silver has become scum. Your beer is diluted with water. Your officials are rebels. They associate with thieves. All of them love bribery, and they look for payoffs. They do not take up the cause of the orphan or defend the rights of the widow. Therefore, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies, the powerful one of Israel, says this, Ah, I will seek vengeance against my adversaries. I will take revenge against my enemies. I will attack you. I will purify your metal with flux. I will remove all your slag. I will establish honest judges as in former times, wise advisors as in earlier days. Then you will be called the just city, faithful town. Zion will be freed by justice and her returnees by righteousness. All rebellious sinners will be shattered. Those who abandon the Lord will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you find so desirable. You will be embarrassed because of the sacred orchards where you choose to worship. For you will be like a tree whose leaves wither, like an orchard that is unwatered. The powerful will be like a thread of yarn, their deeds like a spark. Both will burn together, and no one will put out the fire. Chapter 2. The Future Glory of Jerusalem Here is the message about Judah and Jerusalem that was revealed to Isaiah, son of Amos. In future days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will endure as the most important of mountains and will be the most prominent of hills. All the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain, to the temple of the God of Jacob, so he can teach us his requirements and we can follow his standards. For Zion will be the center for moral instruction. The Lord's message will issue from Jerusalem. He will judge disputes between nations. He will settle cases for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up the sword against other nations. They will no longer train for war. O descendants of Jacob, come, let us walk in the Lord's guiding light, the Lord's day of judgment. Indeed, O Lord, you have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob, for diviners from the east are everywhere. They consult omen readers like the Philistines do. Plenty of foreigners are around. Their land is full of gold and silver. There is no end to their wealth. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to their chariots. Their land is full of worthless idols. They worship the product of their own hands, what their own fingers have fashioned. Men bow down to them in homage. They lie flat on the ground in worship. Don't spare them. Go up into the rocky cliffs. Hide in the ground. Get away from the dreadful judgment of the Lord, from his royal splendor. Proud men will be brought low. Arrogant men will be humiliated. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Indeed, the Lord of heaven's armies has planned a day of judgment for all the high and mighty. For all who are proud, they will be humiliated. For all the cedars of Lebanon that are so high and mighty, for all the oaks of Bashan, for all the tall mountains, for all the high hills, for every high tower, for every fortified wall, for all the large ships, for all the impressive ships, proud men will be humiliated. Arrogant men will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The worthless idols will be completely eliminated. They will go into caves in the rocky cliffs and into holes in the ground, trying to escape the dreadful judgment of the Lord and his royal splendor when he rises up to terrify the earth. 
At that time, men will throw their silver and gold idols, which they made for themselves to worship, into the caves where rodents and bats live, so they themselves can go into the crevices of the rocky cliffs and the openings under the rocky overhangs, trying to escape the dreadful judgment of the Lord and his royal splendor. When he rises up to terrify the earth, stop trusting in human beings whose life's breath is in their nostrils. For why should they be given special consideration? New Testament reading. Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. Jesus' condemnation and Peter's denials. Then they arrested Jesus, led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had made a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a slave girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man was with him too. But Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him. Then a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour, still another insisted, Certainly this man was with him, because he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. John chapter 18, verses 25 through 27. Peter's second and third denials. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing in the courtyard, warming himself. They said to him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? Peter denied it. I am not. One of the high priest's slaves, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Did I not see you in the orchard with him? Then Peter denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Luke chapter 22, verses 66 through 71. When day came, the council of the elders of the people gathered together, both the chief priests and the experts in the law. Then they led Jesus away to their council and said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? He answered them, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need further testimony? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy and righteous God, we thank you for another opportunity to get in the word. We recognize as we hear this word, as we, some of us, follow along in the reading plan and as we go about our day, we are not alone. We are in a community that is hearing and sitting with your word day to day. We thank you for the community that is the body of Christ, those who we can see in our closest community, but those who feel like they are worlds apart from us, from nation to nation. We thank you, O oh God, for the cloud of witnesses that represents the community of believers, again, reminding us that we are not alone and that you, Lord Jesus, have sent to us the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And so, Holy Spirit, now we ask that as we sit with 
the Spirit-inspired Word of God, that you would open it up to us, that you would help us to understand it in its right context, in its application for even today. We thank you, O Lord, that when we pray for wisdom, you grant to us wisdom. We are sobered and we are reminded, O Lord, of the beauty and the depth and the seriousness of the law and commands of God. You have given to us commands to follow. And while we thank you, Jesus, for your obedience, your excellent obedience in obeying God's command, we know that we are not to live a life where we freely sin and we ignore the commands of God because Jesus has paid it all. Quite the opposite. Out of gratitude, we demonstrate our love for you, O God, for what you have done in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and calling us unto yourself. We live a life of joyful obedience, a heart that is being changed to know your word, to meditate on your law, and by the power of the Spirit to have the obedience and spiritual will to follow and obey it, and to repent when we don't. God, you are serious about your word. You are serious about your commands. You are serious about your law. And God, we are sobered and reminded of the ways in which our sin manifests an injustice towards those who are the most marginalized and left out and weak amongst us. Then as we reflect on the Old Testament Hebrew Bible passages, but as we think about today, that the consequences of sin, the consequences to our soul and our body and our minds, but the consequences to our neighbors, the way in which the sin of injustice robs the due generosity, the due provision, the due respect and dignity to the sojourner, the poor, the widow, and the orphan. Thank you for this reminder from the prophet Isaiah. Thank you that your prophetic voice is still speaking to us now about how you feel about justice, oh God. Help us not to be distracted by those who propagandize lies, saying that talk about obedience to justice is a distraction from the gospel. Oh Lord, would you rebuke your church? Would you sober us up? Would you cause us to read your word and to believe it and to obey it? And to know that you are a God who has a heart for justice and that you have called us into your very heart and to do justice. We thank you, O oh God, for this truth. And yet we know and we're reminded that like Peter, we so quickly and so often intentionally and unintentionally are ashamed of your commands. We are ashamed of our association with you at times. And we find ourselves like Peter denying you over and over and over again by ignoring your commands that we don't like by disobeying what you have asked of us to do. We confess like our older brother in the faith, Peter, who you restored, who you came to personally, that like Peter, we too have been filled with shame and fear and we have denied you. And oh God, we do that every time that we know the right way to go. We know the right thing to say, but due to fear of people, we do not do it. So I pray, oh God, that you would pour out your spirit all the more and that you would make us obedient, that you would make us never, ever to be ashamed of you and your law and your word and your ways and your ethics, oh God. You are indeed holy, and in you we have been called to be holy as well. Grant us deep, deep and unabiding love for you that shows up as scripture tells us it ought to show up through obedience. And then, oh God, we thank you for your forgiveness. For when we, like our older brother Peter, deny you, you still look at us. You still show us your nail-scarred hands. You still remind us of what you have done on our behalf to make us whole, to make us new, to sanctify us. So, Lord God, we repent, and we thank you that in our repentance, we are returning to a God with open arms. May we live a life of daily confession and daily gratitude unto the one who has made a way for us 
to be holy as you are holy. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. If we want to be effective communicators, it's important to know that different generations communicate differently. In his book, Speaking Across Generations, Daryl Hall explores how generations are distinct people groups with their own cultures and languages. Pastor Hall engages with generational science and fresh research from the Barner Group. You'll learn how each generation receives verbal messages from boomers and Xers to millennials and Gen Z and those not yet named. Become a more effective communicator with insight from Daryl Hall in speaking across generations available now at ivpress.com and as a listener of this podcast you can get 30 percent off plus free u.s shipping when you use the promo code the word that's promo code t-h-e-w-o-r-d at ivpress.com we pray this time of getting the word with truth table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of god's word but doers Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.